1: What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every day from sunny Southern California. Welcome in. Welcome in. We're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com. We'll help you get there. Unmatched selection. Fast free shipping. Desert protection over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Wow, 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 Progress. wow, 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 what a weekend. Right? That's like the only, I, I, there's lots of words I would love to use, but wow, 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 wow. I mean, look, I, I don't even have time for Saturday. Syracuse wins on the last second throw, only outdone by Appalachian State. A hail Mary to end all hail Marys. Doesn't reach the end zone. They still run in for a touchdown. That was. That was nuts. There's all kinds of nuttiness of Saturday, but let's just be honest. My bandwidth in terms of doing a national sports radio show, I can't go into Saturday because Sunday happened, and Sunday topped Saturday in terms of incredible comebacks, incredible wins, remarkable football from some guys who we used to think were good and now we don't or some guys who hadn't yet proven that they were that good. How about Tua throws six touchdown passes and, of course, uh, he hit Waddle to take the lead late. Back to throw. Looking, looking, looking. Steps
4: up. Fires. Touchdown. Again! It's Waddle. Touchdown. Oh, my gosh. Two looked around. It came back to Waddle. What a throw and catch with 14 seconds left.
1: Here's the final call on the Dolphins radio network.
4: The Miami Dolphins How about that? have had an amazing comeback here in Baltimore oh, and they beat the Ravens 22-38. What a
1: football game, Jimmy. It wasn't just that they had an incredible comeback. It was that they had an incredible comeback on the road. Much like the, the Jets, question mark, question mark, question mark. They were left for dead. Here's the Jets radio network, Joe Flacco, with a, a touchdown that gave, uh, eventually gave them, uh, gave them the lead.
3: He's back to pass. Lux throws middle. Caught. Touchdown. Garrett Wilson caught it. His second touchdown catch of the game. And if the Jets kick the extra point, they take the lead with 22 seconds left. An unbelievable collapse by the Browns in the last two minutes of the game.
1: It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Incredible weekend of comebacks in college football and the NFL, where suddenly the NFL has become the NBA. Every game's tied in the fourth quarter. Here's the final call, and the Jets win.
3: And Joe Flacco takes a knee, and the Browns are getting booed. And in 55 seconds of the game, when the Browns had a 13-point lead, and they lose the game 31-30. to 30.
1: Um, Then there's Kyler Murray's improbable comeback, as he had A.J. Green to tie the game in the fourth quarter.
3: Snap to Murray, drops back to throw. Everybody covered, pointing, directing traffic, fires back at the end zone, and a sliding attempt, and A.J. Green pulled it in! He got it! It's a two-point conversion. We are going to overtime. What a throw by Murray, and A.J. Green redeems himself, tying this game at 23 overtime. Here
1: we come. That's on 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. That was a two-point conversion. I just tweeted out that throw, which was, I mean... That was an incredible throw, an incredible catch. And then to to add insult to injury, the Raiders are close to field goal range. They get it. Dive Renfro with a catch. And he breaks one tackle. Then the ball comes out. It's loose. And it's picked up by the Cardinals in midfield. It's picked up by Byron
5: Murphy
3: at the 40, at the 30, at the 20, at the 10. The ball at midfield returns it for a
5: touchdown. And the Cardinals win. No flags. What an unbelievable finish here in Vegas.
1: What's interesting is, interesting is that traditionally, or at least maybe traditionally, when we were kids, we would talk about the prevent defense, right? Nothing seemed to prevent you from winning like the prevent defense. These teams didn't go into prevent defense. They didn't go into prevent mode. But for the most part, their offense did Kind of get stale, did get stopped, and somehow the other team kept, you know, parallel to all of them, some turnovers, but oftentimes it's just stagnant offense. You gotta keep scoring because the other team sure as hell can score. What a crazy week. So here's I guess my question to you. What win resonates the most or loss resonates the most? Right? It's a it's a great weekend. There's amazing stories. We had last weekend we had the Giants come back win against the Titans. We had others as well we had the chargers in the 14 point turnaround and the pick 6 on Thursday night but that wasn't the comeback the likes of the dolphins the comeback the likes of the jets the comeback the likes of the arizona cardinals for if it's me i i honestly think the miami one was the big one the miami one is the biggest one don't get me wrong arizona who had made the playoffs and failed when they got in the playoffs last year that considering how they played the first Three quarters yesterday and all four quarters the week, week before, they looked like an abject disaster. So to still have fight and to come back, and now they're in the mix in the NFC West. Right? You also you had Atlanta that nearly came back and beat the Rams. That probably would have been the biggest and most epic collapse. But I think the one that translates the most, the one that resonates the most, is Miami on a multitude of levels. Everyone, everyone uh, respects, I think, Baltimore. Baltimore is supposed to play a style where it's built to have a lead, have a lead, short the game, run the football. Good night. Good luck. Drive home safely or fly home safely in the case of Miami. And it's Tua a tongue who so many had said myself included, man, I just don't know if he has the arm for it. And it's not like he's a spectacular athlete. It's not like he's big. He's little. He's an average athlete with an average though above average in terms of accuracy arm. I don't know how it all works. And for Miami to let's start with the defense, get three stops in a row in the fourth quarter, and then uh and then Tua to have six touchdown passes. I know one's broken coverage. I know somehow they forgot that uh Tyreek Hill can you gotta he'll take the top off any defense and and you cannot get beat deep. But for Tua to make those plays, considering how much pressure, how much that he's under, how much discussion there's been about his level of aptitude, his level of talent, considering all the other factors, and you're on the road against a team that's built to have a lead, to shorten the game, to run the clock out. I thought that was the win of the weekend. I thought that was the win of the weekend. And I'm not taking away from Joe Flacco. Is he a lead? I'm not, or the the Bengals near comeback, the Cowboys near collapse, right? The Browns, we're going to get to that one. Should Nick Chubb have stayed in bounds and fallen down instead of scoring a touchdown, putting him up two touchdowns? I'll make the very easy, sensible argument as to what he should what he should have done. Like, there's a lot of other things to discuss. Of course, the trade Lance injury, Jimmy Garoppolo coming in. It was a crazy week. Heck, even New England they won, but eh, eh, right. But if you think about the percentage of times we talked about Tua. Then remember that the Dolphins were still angling for Tom Brady, even as late as this last season. His former coach didn't believe in him to the point where it essentially got him fired. You just had Ryan Fitzpatrick go on a a podcast last week and say, I don't know what he does. Well, maybe accuracy. I don't know. All of those things combined. And. You got a rookie head coach that looked ready for the job. I, I can't think of a better win than Miami, a bigger win than Miami, one that should resonate more. All of them just count as one. None of them are season-defining. But, boy, you, you got to feel different about Tua walking into the Miami Dolphins' offices, and you got to feel different about the Miami Dolphin quarterback situation now and into the future. That's how big that win was. And some of it's out of respect for Baltimore. Plus, Baltimore had a chance to go up 2-0, right where they had the Jets last week with a backup quarterback. This week they had the Dolphins, only game two of Mike McDaniel's first year, you know, that you want to catch them early. And the Ravens lost their starting outside linebacker. Like, all of those things, I thought that was the big win of the weekend.
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app.
1: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast.
5: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The
2: 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry.
1: The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron
2: Blake, and I'm covering my tenth election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening.
1: You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tyrac has the tires that'll elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporting handling. All-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to tyrac.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the tire decision guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of BF Goodrich tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRat.com sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's Tyrac.com. sports, Tyrac.com. The way tire buying should be. What up with you? Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're doing well. Recording in- I heard that buyer. My angels. Nobody competes harder when it doesn't matter. When the season is lost and the owner wants to sell the team and you have an interim manager. Then the Angels, huh? That's when we hit our stride, right? How's your team doing? Hey, my team's won three in a row in September when they're like 25 games out of it. How's your team doing? Hmm? Hmm? Oh, you got Aaron Judge at 59 home runs. Well, fine. Fine. Oh, you're a Dodger fan. You're 144. Yeah, fine. But are you winning three in a row against the Mariners when it doesn't matter? Hmm? Hmm? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Um, I got a lot to get to. Context matters, right? Context matters. It's a big thing. It's like uh, I had a a phone conversation with my bosses. This is like two weeks ago, and we're we're having a good conversation, and I'm giving some background on it, and like, look, everybody's business it changes and evolves, and well, okay, well. This is what we're doing now. Okay, but well, I'm just trying to give you the context. I've worked for iHeart Media and Fox Sports Radio for over five years now. And just the first five years, like, this is the way it's done. All right, well, look, we're going to evolve and change in this way. You have to provide somebody the context of this is what we were doing previously. So I understand what you're saying now, but just understand this is uh, this is different. Different people, different style. Totally get it. Let me just tell you where I'm coming from. Got it. Oh, okay. Right. When guys change teams, there are some sets, you know, power and and football. You know, oh, they're running, they're running power. There's different things though. You can call the exact same thing. Hey, where we are, where we're from. We call that Chicago. Oh, well, we call that Detroit. Okay, fine. You have to have context of it. It's the same thing with when we see things on social media, it it was supposed to, the idea of social media is supposed to bring a camera into any situation is supposed to tell more of the story. The problem is it only tells the story from that one perspective, that one angle, and only during the context of when the film starts, when it ends. What happened before, what happened after. You know, it's like, in Kyler Murray... If you look at the alleged smack of Kyler Murray when he goes over to some Cardinal fans after an unbelievable come-from-behind win against the Raiders yesterday in Vegas, if you just saw the smack, you are like, dude, that guy smacked Kyler Murray. Of course he's going to be upset. Get him out of here. He can't go to a football game. And then you go, well, you know, Kyler did come over to the sideline. You're not supposed to go over to the fans. I know you think it's, it, but it, it, it's only friendly, but you have no idea who, who you're going over to. But maybe more importantly, what happened that preceded it, or even what happened in the video. Like you're trying If you Dan Byer brought it up earlier. If you look behind the Cardinal fan who he's letting hug him, the guy who allegedly smacked him, that guy's smiling. That guy's laughing. He's just trying to get a hold of Kyler Murray. That's what it looks like. That's the context of it. If you just see the smack, you're like, dude, smacking Kyler Murray. Goodbye. Never come to a football game again. Then you're like, well, he's actually, it looks like trying to give him some love and hug him. He just can't see him. So he smacks his face mistakenly. Oh, okay. I get that. That's where I'm actually pro Mike Evans in this Mike Evans suspension. I, uh, Mike Evans, Evans and Lattimore, who he got, got into it with, they have beef going back like five years ago. And look, Mike Evans, when he got in the league, had some knucklehead sauce to him, right? Was he, was he running from the cops? What did he do in Miami? He had some, he had some other little uh, off-the-field stuff when he first got to the NFL. But again, now fast forward, in the last couple of years, like Mike Evans is a stud. And if you take the context of the game... Mike Evans, it's not like he goes up to Marshawn Lattimore and just starts trying to beat him up or takes off his helmet and starts swinging at him. Like Tom Brady gets into it with the Saints. They're talking trash. They get up into Tom Brady's jaw. And what are you supposed to do? What's the number one rule in football? Protect your quarterback. And then if you actually look at Mike Evans when he's talking to the officials, he's like, that's Tom Brady. Like if I don't get Tom Brady's back, what? Like, I'm the worst teammate ever. Here's Todd Bowles' his head coach talking about the Mike Evans ejection yesterday.
5: I didn't see the whole thing. I just saw a lot of pushing and shoving and flags flying. The next thing I know, everybody was storming the field. Uh, We lost a good player. They lost a good player. It was a physical ball game. It's an emotional game. You know, you don't want punches thrown on either side. I'm sure their coach is saying the same thing. And things happen. We don't need anybody throwing out the ball game. We need everybody. We can't dress a lot of people. So that's important. We try to be a disciplined ball club. Every now and then the game gets emotional and gets out of hand. So, you know, we'll make our corrections and move forward from there.
1: I like Todd Bowles, by the way. I'm so happy he's not dealing with that Jets mess. I don't know how good Tampa is. At the end of the day, but like, look, they they just beat the Saints. Jameis Shocker gonna pull a Jameis and throw interceptions. Um, but I, I, this is a nothing burger. And why are they suspending Mike Evans? I've never understood guys throwing punches when everybody has their pads and helmets on. That that one doesn't make sense. That does not strike me as the smartest thing in the world. But like, all right, it's football. It's a violent game. Like, it's not like anybody got stabbed with a shiv or something like that. Nobody took off a helmet and swung it at anybody. Wasn't there any cheap shots, nobody's looking, you go and plow into a guy or none, none of that. Dudes are jawing at your quarterback. Your quarterback is 45 years old. You get up in your that quarterback's face, you got to protect your guy. And no lineman, that's usually a lineman's job. Excuse me, little fella. They like pick up the, they pick up DBs and DBs are like all rocked out, but they're little dudes. The lineman pick up, pick them up and just cast them aside. There there was no lineman close at that point in time. So Mike Evans stuck up for his guy. I think when you provide the context of greatest quarterback ever, 45 years old, they're just talking trash. It's football. What are we doing here? Context does matter. When you say what you say matters, what you do, when you do it matters. And so even though I'm a, I hate the wide receivers constantly running their mouths the, de- the DBs, like, my least favorite thing in the NFL is somebody gets an interception or fumble recovery, they run to the other end zone, and then they all, like, smile for the camera, like, this, what is this? Is dumb. That's dumb. In this particular case, you're standing up for your quarterback. Jay Stu, am I wrong? I'm not even a Brady guy. I'm not an anti-Brady guy, but it's not like I'm, like, Mr. Tom Brady. I don't get that. Yeah, I, I, you're not wrong,
4: and I don't get it either. Hmm. Bayer's going to tell me I'm wrong. Dan Bayer, am I wrong? Absolutely, 100%. Both of you guys are. Go, tell us why. Yeah, the, well, number one, uh, the, the fight was already going on. He was like third into the party uh, yesterday on the show uh, that I do with George Reister, we were talking about this. He was like third in line to the crown. Like, that's that's how far back Mike Evans was. He was not going to get – Tom Brady was jawing, Bruce Arians was jawing, Leonard Fournette was jawing, and he came in, and because he had beef with Lattimore and this history with Lattimore, felt that it was his opportunity to do so. We even uh, got on Leonard Fournette for that. Uh, block on, I think it was, was it Micah Parsons in, in week one and pro football focus is like look at this pancake Well, he was being held up right, by right, right, the right, lineman right, and was right. pushed over. It's kind of similar situation here. Lattimore's kind of engaged with Fournette after, and I'm not saying Lattimore was in the right because he threw a punch as well, but all of a sudden Evans comes out of nowhere and is Mr. Tough Guy. Like, I mean, there, there's history there. Plus, this team is without Julio Jones and Chris Godwin in this game. The last thing they need to do is have their top wide receiver uh, miss this contest. In hockey, Wayne Gretzky was not the enforcer for the Oilers or the Kings or the other teams that he played for. Mario Lemieux was not for the Pittsburgh Penguins. You had other guys doing that work. You can't have Mike Evans be the enforcer of that team. Have somebody else do it. He's I I I I, I, get it. I I I Listen, I get it.
1: I also it's football. It's not like anybody was like badly maimed. It wasn't that big a cheap shot. You mentioned Lattimore. It was it was gaged that he he threw a punch at right. Like Lattimore doesn't get suspended. I don't, I don't understand that. He got booted from the game. So. Right. So so like Mike Evans got booted from the game. Why is there double jeopardy here? He get to suspend him another game? That doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't. I, I I you're not wrong in terms of and I would say in this case, frankly, Tom Brady is but you know. Yeah. Uh, Messier was yeah. Messier wasn't enforcing anyway when he played with Gretzky in Edmonton either, right? So, that, that kind of make your point. Um, but it's also one, it's football, it's football. Two, it's obvious that there was some jawing. And three, if you really want to get down to it, the best threat—I mean, the MVP of the game was Jameis Winston, right? It, that Tampa should have carried Jameis off the field, not not Tom. I was I was waiting to, that that. Would be better if there's a live audience here because that would that would people would have killed at that one. Yeah, it would killed. totally. Killed. <laughs> By the way, I feel like Rodney Dangerfield in Caddyshack where he thought he was dying because nobody's laughing. Like Rodney, it's a movie; we can't laugh. Yes, uh, Jason Stewart. I do.
3: I do think that Mike Evans or Tom Brady should pay the fine or do the game check or whatever. I think that the Tom Brady thing was like coming off an emotional weekend where that. You know, news broke on Saturday about Giselle being
5: upset and on her cell phone. And then he's taking every Wednesday off, moving forward.
3: And then he had a bad first half and he was throwing things and he was pissed off. It seemed like he got wrapped up into that and he started that fight. And so I think he should cover anything that Mike Evans has to pay here.
1: Okay, here's a question, Dan Byer. Just this is an honest question, right? There was some obvious vicious trash talk taking place there, which is part of sports. Um, does it change your opinion if they're talking about Tom Brady's wife and marital situation as trash talk?
4: Like, are those fighting words? Well, I, I'm, I, yeah, but it, it it doesn't it doesn't apply to this because Mike Evans was nowhere near to hear anything being said. Uh,
1: un- understood. I'm just a, I'm just asking as a like one of the things that's really interesting is like in real trash talk, like nothing's really off limits. Other than like racial
4: stuff is is clearly off limits, but other than that, nothing is off limits really. Mike I, Evans was being a punk because there were three other Buccaneers around handling the situation, and only Lattimore was there. That that was the only thing, and then he comes in out of nowhere and takes his cheap shot because he has beef with him. He looked at that opportunity. I, I mean, it's. I, I Saints Buccaneers is the best rivalry in the NFL right now. I mean, it, tru- it, it truly is, and it's great yes. for us, and it's great to see this. And they're gonna they're gonna play again. But if we're just talking about Mike Evans, his role as a football player, just what he did yesterday was just was ridiculous, and he's got to know better. He wasn't even that was John Runyon in the ruling wrote like you weren't even near anything, and you were walking the other way, and then made the decision to turn around and then go and get your cheap shot.
1: Yeah, I, I I just feel, I understand all that. I do feel like it's double jeopardy. You get, to, you get kicked out of the game and the game was still competitive. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Um, did you guys see this story? I, I just got to share this story that I just read. D- Beyond Meat, you guys ever had a Beyond Meat burger? Uh, Beyond I have not. Meat? Never, never. No. never. Never? Never. It's one of those, you got to have it once. Don't you? It's not at a – you have to buy it and make it yourself, right? It's not – you don't get at a restaurant, correct? You can get Beyond Meat at some restaurants. Oh, okay. I, think, uh, I think Burger King actually has Beyond Meat burgers, although there's been some uh, – the Beyond Meat fad, it, it, it took off and then now it's come back down to earth. Turns out it might not be great for you. But um, the COO of Beyond Meat is arrested at the Arkansas football game this past weekend for ripping the flesh off the tip of the nose of another guy in a fight. Now, that now that that can cause a one-game suspension. But when guys are all padded up and you hop in late and you get kicked out of a game, not so much. Did they call the cops or the hogs after that? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why he's the best. That was good. That was good. Woo! Pig suey. Uh, the two males of bloody faces like, dude got into a, a fight at the parking garage at Razorback Stadium. What hmm. is going on with people? I mean... And by the way, uh, oh man, he got out of his vehicle and allegedly punched through the back of a windshield of a Subaru. There's lots of jokes that go in there with the Subaru. I'm oh gonna wow! Stay away from, yeah. I'm going to stay away from them. I'm going to stay away from the Subaru jokes, and I'm just going to we're going to just make Beyond Meat and uh, and uh, Arkansas Razorback. Jokes. We, we know it wasn't the drive through at uh, Chick Fil A. No, we, it was we not. can narrow that down.
3: This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio.
5: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, twenty four. See participating retailer for details. The Gottlieb
1: Show, Fox Sports Radio. John Middlecoff in a moment. Um, beginning it, we're, we're getting some confirmation on what I told you last week. I saw right when you saw the Denver Broncos week one of the season. And you had the confusion late in the game trying to, uh, you know, trying to get things going. Remember, they had they, they had a long stretch, I don't know, like 40, 30, 30 seconds, I think 33 seconds where they didn't get a play in and ultimately had to call a timeout and then decided on a 64 yard field goal. And, and I was the guy who said, I, I don't even mind a 64 yard field goal. The problem was. That they badly mismanaged the clock. Badly mismanaged the clock. Because, you know, I got the sense when they, look, when you get the ball, you thought you're going to score, but you don't want to leave a ton of time on the the clock. Well, that's fine, but it's Geno Smith on the other side. And and the Seahawks' offense was doing nothing. You got to leave yourself enough time where Russell Wilson can make a play. Now, forget for a second, Russell Wilson, who's looked completely out of sorts, He hasn't run the football. He's missed guys. He just hasn't looked good. But put that aside, and then you you think of Nathaniel Hackett and their inability to simply get a play in. Just get a play in. You know, they didn't have a kick returner at one point in time. I mean, like, just all kinds of bizarre things taking place. This is Mike Kliss has covered the Denver Broncos for years. He works for nine news in Denver and he chronicled them first quarter, 12 players on defense, a penalty second quarter, first and goal to five, fourth down, everybody booing, uh, took time to bring out the field goal unit, delay of game. They booed, made the field goal. Okay, but again, it's the, it's the process, not the result. They made the field goal. No big deal, but 12 players in the field, nothing happened. No one hurt, but all right, third quarter, fourth and two timeout after a play goal. Indecision, Wilson went to Cortland Sutton for the first down. But again, it, it looks like a fire drill out there. Third quarter, fourth and two, late decision on field goal, delay a game. Even Andrew Catalan, who works for CBS, said that's brutal. McManus' 54-yard field goal nullified. Then they called for a punt, and bood was an excellent punt. In the fourth quarter, 9.55 to go in the game. They had to call their second timeout because no punt returner. And then I don't know if you guys saw this, it was second and 16 in the fourth quarter, 7.45 left, and fans were actually counting down the play clock. They end up making a 50-yard field goal, taking a 16-9 to lead, proving, like, look, McManus does have a gigantic leg, and he is an excellent field goal kicker. So the 64-yard field goal wasn't, that's not the problem. The problem is, they just, something going on, they're not getting the plays in right, the indecision. He didn't know what he's doing. Here's Nathaniel Hackett talking about the sloppy win.
3: First win, it was always great to win. That's first and foremost. But, uh, you know, it's too sloppy by the offense. There were too many things that we just kind of made it hard on ourselves. But to be able to win in this league is hard. And watching those, that whole team stay together, stick together, was uh, was a great thing. And we just got to keep getting better on offense and clean a lot of that stuff up.
1: Here's Hackett when he's asked if you heard the crowd booing.
3: The crowd, obviously, frustrated at times, but can you just give me a sense of overall? I don't blame him. I mean, heck, I'd, I'd be, I was booing myself. I mean, I was getting very frustrated. I mean, get down to the red zone two times, uh, don't get another touchdown, which is unbelievably frustrating. I don't think we've scored in there yet, and uh, that's something that all of our guys got to step it up. Whether we run the ball more, whether, whatever we're doing, we just got to execute at a higher level.
1: I, I, don't even think, I don't think it's about executing a higher level get the plays in know what you're doing i mean look i'll just be honest with you like my my what i lack is i'm i'm not great at administrative stuff i'm just not and so i i understand when there's things that you don't do well you know what a really good coach does you know what a really smart <laughs> person does okay they 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 do what they do well know what they don't do well and then you hire people that do all the other stuff. But he's apparently trying to call all the plays, can't get everything, and there's some sort of mismanagement taking place. And, and the thing about it is, when you get two games in the season and you've had two games like this, you're going to lose the guys in the locker room. It doesn't matter if you get your stuff together, you're going to lose them at some point. Let's get to Dan Byer. and find out what else is going on in the World Sports TV.
4: What do you got? Doug, interesting situation coming out of Las Vegas where the Cardinals topped the Raiders yesterday. Video circulating on social media showing Kyler Murray celebrating with fans and at one point being hit in the face by a fan. Well, Las Vegas police are investigating those allegations that the fan struck Murray in the face. Murray obviously took one right to the grill and then tried to uh, not go after the fan, but Go after the fan, Doug, in kind of that melee sort of uh, way – police are investigating the scenario. Uh, Could be innocent, could not be innocent, but anyway, Kyler Murray got the win, but also uh, got slapped in the face while celebrating with fans yesterday. Buccaneers, wide receiver Mike Evans shoved Saints corner Marshawn Lattimore, and today got a one game ban for his unnecessary roughness and unsportsmanlike conduct, he is appealing that ban. If if the suspension stands, he'd miss their game against the Packers coming up on Sunday. Tonight, Titans face the Bills at 7.15 Eastern Time. Josh Gordon activated by tennessee so the wide receiver will be available tonight then it's the vikings and eagles at 8:30 eastern time that's our discover card key matchup brought to you by discover we could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards or we could talk about how with discover you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time i mean talk about amazing learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards terms apply niners quarterback trey lance undergoing surgery to repair his broken and dislocated ankle suffered in yesterday's loss to the Seattle Seahawks. The Athletic reports the NBA and Players Association are in agreement on lowering the minimum age of draft eligibility from 19 to 18 as soon as 2024. Day Baseball Guardians lead the Twins 7-3 to in the 7th. Ahmed Rosario just hit a three-run home run for Cleveland, who starts the day three and a half up on the White Sox for first place in the American League Central. Doug, back to you. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm I'm
1: looking at that video and there's a guy in a gray shirt behind a guy in a uh, Kyler jersey. The guy in the Kyler jersey is trying to hug him, and some guy in a gray shirt uh, reaches through and got, and and smacks him in the eye. But you know, you I mean, it definitely smacks him in the face.
4: Yes, but correct. I can't I can't tell whether it's purposeful. Can you tell? No, and that's the thing is the guy had a big smile like a big smile on his face beforehand, so I thought maybe he was. Celebrating it as well, and maybe he was going for a high five, but then the his high five hit Murray in the face. But yeah, I, I i i didn't I didn't think it was intentional. I would be mad if I got hit in the face if I was kyla Murray. Absolutely, but I don't know if it really was in, intentional.
1: I it's really hard to judge intent. It doesn't feel like there's intent there, but i I could be wrong, and it's incredibly hard to, to prove. Plus, there is the look love that they, they had a comeback, love that you go over to celebrate with the fans, but do you really want to go over and celebrate with the fans when you're on the road in Las Vegas? Right. All right let's bring in John Middlecoff, NFL analyst, host of 3 and Out podcast. L- let's just start with this. When did the NFL become the NBA in terms of no lead being safe in every fourth quarter having a tie game?
3: Uh, <clears throat> I, I think when the NBA got so reliant on three-point shots, easier to come back. When the NFL changed their rules to – extreme offensive benefit it's just easier to score right I mean one thing a lot of comebacks aren't just obviously Tua hits Tyreek I mean he's a unique player but a lot of times if you just watch over the course of the season you can get these huge gains on pass interference you know think how many plays we see throughout the year where you get a 40 50 yard gain on a P.I. when the guy was never going to catch the ball now you can argue that it's the right call but I've always thought that if the NFL changed that rule to the college rule, just 15 yards max, it, it, to me that would seem a little more fair. But DBs are not allowed to hit anybody. Most people don't play any press coverage. I would say now, Saturdays and Sundays, these DBs are way off the line of scrimmage. I mean, there's no like Darrell Revises and Deion Sanders or even Sherman a couple years ago when he'd be up in your grill. Like, that doesn't exist. So, uh, and it's a supply-demand issue. There have been over the last five years uh, an influx of really, really good wide receivers, Mm -hmm. and the the rate in which the corners have come have not stayed at the same level. Now, you could always say there's always probably been a couple more good receivers than good corners, but it feels like, I mean, who Jalen, besides Jalen Ramsey and maybe Lattimore, like who are the big time corners in the league? Maybe a couple young guys, but you know they still got to prove themselves.
1: Did we see the end of Trey Lance in San Francisco with the ankle injury yesterday?
3: Uh, I mean, I I think it's definitely a possibility. I mean, I I think everything's on the table because to me the hypothetical would be simple, right? Let's say yesterday he hadn't broke his ankle, but he had just had an ankle sprain where he was going to miss three or four games. Well, if Jimmy came in and played just like Jimmy played, he looks just like Jimmy Garoppolo, and when he's healthy... You know, last year he was banged up, and they struggled to get to 10 wins. To me, when he's healthy, this team is easily a double-digit win team. How would Trey Lance get the job back? Because if this was – this wasn't an open competition. They rigged it. They gave it to Trey Lance, as I had no issue with. I mean, you trade all the picks. You might as well. But one thing was pretty clear. Trey Lance, I said it from the beginning. He's an – he's a historic project because of how – because of the COVID year. He didn't play. Small school guy. Only one-year starter and coming to a coming to a team like he, Justin Fields ultimately no one thinks the bears are any good they're not any good it doesn't matter if they win or lose even Trevor Lawrence who is this highly touted prospect if the jags win like 5 or 6 games this year and look like they're making progress everyone's like oh they're 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 heading the right direction Trey Lance is the only quarterback that came to a team's like yeah they should compete for the super bowl and now he's starting but and everyone's like why is Kyle calling run plays well he's not that accurate and why doesn't he run outside? Well, like Kyler and Lamar, they're faster than him. Trey Lance isn't that fast. So he he can't just be a pocket quarterback. And then he's a quote-unquote big-time athlete, which he is very athletic. But from a speed standpoint, like, he's not faster than linebackers. So I, I think they were kind of, you know, Kyle was just doing these makeshift game plans, just trying to win on a weekly basis, and it clearly was not sustainable. But I think that's less an indictment on Kyle and Moore, just like Trey, is not even remotely – like, Trey should be – if this is 1993, Trey Lance is sitting for, like, three years. But in the modern-day NFL, with the money, um, and the picks, it, he was kind of forced to play, and it was, it was not an ideal situation for the 49ers.
1: Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is, if Jimmy's good, they try and keep Jimmy, right? If Jimmy's not good, then they – Go find a quarterback for next year, and I, I don't think they can wait on Trey Lance, who's still going to be inexperienced when he comes back. So I uh, that, that part. Think about this, Doug. I would say last year
3: he had a full off season. I, I went to OTAs, I went to training camp. He got all the reps. Well, now that's kind of out the window, right? It's I don't know how long the rehab process is, but whenever OTAs start in you know late March, early April, it won't be like he's just full go, ready to roll. So his his whole development, and then he misses basically the – he does miss the entire season. So what has changed when next training camp starts to when this training camp starts? He got an extra start and a half? You know, it's like his unknown – we have zero substance to know if he's any good or not. We have none. So we can have all these takes, like, is he going to be good? Is he going to be a bust? The simple answer is we have no freaking clue, and the Niners aren't in the no freaking clue business because they have too many good players, and if they just get – their team's so good that if they're Jimmy's just quarterback 14 or 15 in the NFL and they can compete right to win in the playoffs. So it's like Trey Lance was not, I I think Trey Lance and I don't mean this like in a mean way, but he was overwhelmed as a lot of projects are. Josh Allen was overwhelmed. Well, early on the, his Buffalo career winning and losing didn't matter because they weren't remotely, they weren't good. You know, they, they, I know they made the playoffs the his first year, I think, but it, it just didn't matter. That's, that's not the case with the Niners. And yeah, the situation is, I mean, I, I could see it going a number of directions now.
1: Speaking of being overwhelmed, Nathaniel Hackett appears overwhelmed. That, you know, we can, we can say the first game, we could say, well, it's the end of a game. It's a crazy game on the road. It's loud. You know, first game with Russell Wilson. But that was a mess yesterday. Like you just you can't run a football team if you can't get the plays in your personnel. And that he just he looks overwhelmed at that in that position.
3: Why well, I'm flipping back and forth and I flip on the game, and he comes running out and he calls timeout. in a punt situation. And his team's not the punting team; it's the punt return team. And you go, you know, sometimes right you have an injury, the backup corner who is your gunner or your protect the guy that guards the gunner is now your starting corner. So it's like, you know, maybe a guy was – their punt returner was not – they didn't have a punt returner. So they had ten guys, no punt returner. Yeah, completely overwhelmed. I think, listen, he's going to take all the you-know-what because that's what head coaches do. But the quarterback, I don't want to go as far as a shell of himself. Like to me, Drew Brees last year was – or a couple years ago, right, shell of himself. Uh, Peyton Manning, Roethlisberger, Russell's – still making some good throws but if he was like a nine like in his peak seattle day three or four years ago when he was like one of the best players in the league i would say through a couple games he looks kind of like a seven and trending in the wrong way because part of what made him a nine was obviously the playmaking and the deep ball stuff but was the mobility and he just he looks slow i mean he just doesn't look that fast and listen it's easy to take a crap on Pete Carroll. Old guy, stubborn, wants to run the ball. Like, check Pete's resume. Like he, he's, I, it's safe to say. But like, that's, your, that's your boy he, Cowherd.
1: That's your boy Cowherd. He's been crapping on, cra- crapping on well, Pete. Well,
3: because he's, he's a Russell Wilson guy. And listen, for a lot of it, I, I do think there was some... I, why,
1: why, I, don't, I don't understand how we had to be a guy or not. Like, why can't you just kind of call it like you see it? Right?
3: Well, yeah. I mean, I, listen, I was a Russell Wilson guy. I, I've seen him play live. I thought I was like, this guy one of the most miraculous, incredible, just, just stars I've ever seen making plays out of you-know-what. And now he's not even remotely close. So you can go, okay, his coach, who listen, I'm rooting for, bald guy from UC Davis, he's terrible. But also, like, Russell's this 10-year veteran Hall of Famer, shouldn't he have, like, the ability to, I don't know, just totally make agree. some plays? Totally, totally he agree. Plays?
1: Or, 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 or say, I got it, don't worry about it, I got it, give me this, you know, like Here, here's, the other, here's
3: the other thing, Doug. Like here, think about last week on the Monday Night game. The entire team was there, right? Richard, KJ Wright, April, like that—that that core group of guys yep. that were with Russell. Why don't none of them like him? Like to me, that's—we all don't get along with certain people. But they think he's a phony.
1: Like, they think he's a phony, and the difference is it's because what's different about him and other guys. Everybody has a guy that people don't like. What's different is he's a quarterback, and he got the glory. And I think that's what the, you know. And I would also say that you know that as much as Marshawn not getting the ball, I don't know whether that was to to make it for you know to make the Super Bowl about Russell Wilson. But Russell Wilson threw the pick. That's it. He threw the pick. So th- I, I don't think there's as much blame at Pete for that call as much as there's Russell Wilson. If you throw the ball low, that ball can't get it where it's supposed to be. That ball can't get intercepted. Are right, we got we got a bunch to get to? Hold on. Um uh, I think the biggest of the comebacks was Miami for a couple of reasons. They're going against Baltimore, who you're not supposed to be able to come back against that style of offense. Right. And Baltimore was yeah. kicking their ass. Secondly, thirty five fourteen. 14, 35, 14 on the road. And Lamar's humming. He got the longest run and throw from scrimmage in the NFL so far through two weeks. Right. They're, they're humming. They're at home. They're killing them. For Tua to throw six touchdown passes against a team you're not supposed to come back on, I think that was gigantic.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's... Darren. he's going to be on the short list of quarterbacks that are going to sniff that line this season. Six touchdowns, 469 yards, 36 of 50, so he's over 70%. To me, like, listen, they blew the coverage on Tyreek. He was wide open. Tua hit him. I, I'm not going to give him extra credit on that throw, the one that ultimately tied it. The play that won it where he kind of scrambled around and he hit Waddle when the guy was kind of all over him, perfectly mm-hmm. placed. Like, that was a big-time play. <laughs> I mean, that was – I think Tua deserves credit because he's taking a lot of crap. And, I listen, I've been a critic. But those two wide receivers, I thought Tyreek was kind of going to mail it in. You know, like guys used to do with, like, the Raiders and the Washington Redskins back in, like, the 2000s. They would be their swan song, and they'd get a bunch of money, and then they just wouldn't even care. Tyreek's playing hard, and Jalen Waddle is like a Tyreek light so they got two guys that are so much faster than everyone else, and I, I'm rooting for this guy. I, I didn't know if he was going to be good or not. Obviously, he learned at you know one of the best offensive coordinators' feet for the last decade. Clearly, Mike McDaniel's a pretty good little wheeler and dealer drawing up an offense because they got guys running all over the place, and that's just a classic spot where teams just kind of quit, even if you're good, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes. You could be a 13-win team, and one of the games, one of your losses, might be a 20-point loss. So, if they would have lost, you know, 42 to 20, you no know, people would have been like, okay. And if they turn out to be a 10-win team, it's not, it's kind of a blip on the radar. But they not only didn't quit; I mean, they just kept firing, and uh, I, that was, I, I was, Arizona was probably the craziest because I, I think Miami, it's clear they got a lot of talent. I, I thought Arizona was terrible, but the the two. Tyler we all know has a lot of talent. I didn't think Tua had it. And I, that's shut me up.
1: Yeah, sh- shut me up as well. Um we haven't talked since Chargers Chiefs. I thought the Chargers were the better team. I mean I I I I you know they obviously screwed up by going quick uh, by by uh, by going tempo there with Gerald Everett. I think you got to I don't care how tired you are. If you're in the game and the ball is snapped, you got to run your route and and play all out. You know, and he didn't and he quit on the play and they they took a massive 14 point swing. I thought the Chargers were the better team.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that happens a lot with them, though, over, you know, 20 years. I mean, they, they've always had a lot of talent, and for whatever reason, like, they got to win that game. And this year, the whole thing was they have the talent. It's clear. It's evident. You don't need to be Bill Parcell sitting in Jupiter, Florida, you know, and they're loaded. You're winning the game. Your quarterback is playing, matching every bit of their star quarterback. Like, you got to find a way to win. And they just never do. I mean, I, I don't – like, I, I – I I do feel a little bit different about them just than I have in years past because they are so loaded. Mm-hmm. But, like, how do you trust them, Doug? I mean, I, I guess you just go, you, well, you the don't. You don't. I, I,
1: I, I picked the Chiefs for the exact reason you said. I, I, I know they're better, but but the, this is kind of classic. Chiefs find a way I think
3: to. The, I think one problem for the NFL this year regarding the Chiefs is, like, they're not going to be as explosive on offense. They lost one of the greatest offensive weapons we've ever seen, and he's killing it in Miami. But their defense has had moments, right? Like last year, it was good down the stretch. Or the Super Bowl year, it had, it had a month well. Their defense is good. Like, they got a good team speed. They Willie gave missed some tackles. But they, their linebackers fly around. Their DBs are good. They were missing their first-round pick, Trent McDuffie. So the dude that had the pick six is a seventh-rounder, who was a USC commit and ended up at Washington State. Like, he's clearly pretty talented. Like, to me, their offense is no longer a 10. It's probably like an eight and a half and Mahomes just kind of has to go like Aaron Rodgers, which he's fully capable. But now their defense is good. That's kind of what I say. I say the same thing about the Packers. Like, if your defense is good, to me that translates better to playoff football because you don't always, well, we're in a shootout again, right? Or, you know, our quarterback really has to carry us. Sometimes you can just have like a 49er game last year. We don't score an offensive touchdown, and we win. So, to me, I I thought the Chargers defense is good too. It's just you wonder – if like the history and the karma of the franchise, it just it always bites them in the you know what.
1: Couldn't agree with you more. John Middlecoff, download the three now podcast this is on the volume uh, podcast network. John, thanks so much for joining us. See
3: you, bro. Take it easy.
0: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.